1: Welcome to the Commonwealth Policy Center's Legislative Forum. I'm Richard Nelson, Executive Director of CPC, and today we're going to talk about educational choice. And with me on the program is Akia McNary-Sullivan, and uh, she's going to share her story and her perspective on the topic of choice. Akia, welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Hey, it's it's so good that we can be here behind the set and talking about a really important issue. Uh, It's something that's been debated for years in Kentucky, And it's essentially the idea of whether parents should be empowered to choose what's best for their child. And uh, there are two bills right now, this legislative session. Uh, One is House Bill 149, the Education Opportunity Accounts, uh, and the other is House Bill 563, which is, uh, I guess, open borders between the public schools where parents can send their kids to another public school without having a whole lot of hoops to jump through but uh before we jump into the details of those bills i'd like us to just for you to tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the school choice issue
0: so a friend of mine had called me back in 2020 and asked me what was my thoughts about school choice and i said oh, yeah, that's a good, you know, that's a good thing. That is, you know, the kids need that. Mm-hmm. And based off of my testimony about what my kids have gone through through school, um, he thought it was a good idea. So I spoke at the first legislative formal um, back in 2020. Okay. That's kind of how I got started and kind of worked with Ed Choice, Kentucky Parent Network, with Educational Opportunities. Um, so one of my sons, Raymond, he did in elementary school, he did really well in the public school system. Mm-hmm. But from middle school, he didn't. He okay. was getting bullied real bad and mm-hmm. talked about. He felt low about himself. His self-esteem wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting into a physical altercation with another child. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt like the administration didn't handle it well. Mm-hmm. So I decided to pull my son out of the public school and place him into a private school, Heritage Christian Academy. Okay. Well, he did really, really well. Um, but unfortunately, he had to go back to public. He wanted to go back to public school because he wanted to play football, mm-hmm. but being back in that environment, he started smoking jewels, mm-hmm. cussing, mm-hmm. and different stuff like that, So, and I had to pull him away and say, hey, that is not the foundation that we are laying. That is not the example that you need to walk into, That's so right. he kind of he turned himself around, um, and then I have my middle son. He mm-hmm. does great in public school. Mm-hmm. He has all A's and B's doesn't he's not he's a freshman this year Mm -hmm. he's not in any any enrichment classrooms any Mm -hmm. enrichment classes um which some of his peers are in enrichment classrooms because they're not at the level for freshmen um but i do stuff with my isaiah at home to make sure that he doesn't fall behind and then i have my son nehemiah which he was in public private school for preschool Mm -hmm. and then he went to public school and he didn't do well in public school And so I had to make a financial hardship choice to put him back into private school because he he has ADD, and so the group of 27 kids didn't work for him. He needed a smaller classroom size.
1: So what I'm hearing from you, Akia, is you've got three boys, Mm -hmm. very different individuals, very different learning styles and experiences. Yes. And this is maybe the epitome of school choice. It is. Of what works best for each of your kids. Yes. And uh, as it is in Kentucky, the public school system is a, uh, it's served a lot of people well. Yes. Uh, I, I, you know, bless the teachers and the administrators who are pouring their hearts into it and trying to provide a good education Mm -hmm. for the students there. But the truth is, as you shared with, uh, in your situation, that doesn't always meet the needs of a child in their particular stage in life.
0: Yes. Because my three boys, they have three different personalities, three different learning styles. Three different skills, three different communication skills, emotional yeah. skills. Yeah. You you can't. Pub School is not a one size fit all for every child.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They should have options yeah. because it doesn't fit the need of every child just to be per se in public school or private school or home school.
1: Right. Your experience, your personal experience, which I'm aware of, led you to the idea of school choice as well. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: So I was. Not I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. You know, they said that I was ready to go to college. I am, you know, on my way and I got to college and Mm -hmm. I was not able to read on college level. Actually, Mm -hmm. I was on a four point five reading level. So that was discouraging to me.
1: So four point five out of what? Tell us what that means.
0: Four point
1: five reading level. Grade. Grade. Oh, oh, so fourth grade. Fourth
0: grade. Yeah.
1: When you got to college.
0: When I got to college.
1: So you, uh, obviously a big shock when you learned that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, how did you respond when when you learned that, hey, I'm not able to read? And then when you got tested and found out that you were at the fourth grade level, how did you respond to that?
0: I was very discouraged.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I felt low. Um, I didn't feel accurate to, like, be, just to be, but I fought. Yeah. Um, that wasn't an option for me. And so I asked my administration at my college, um, what can I do to get better? Um, they introduced me into some different programs and I did graduate on the Dean's List with a 3.8 Good GPA. Good
1: That's awesome. So, but it took some extra work on your part while oh, yeah. you were in college. Now, if I remember correctly, you went to school in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So you went through the Chicago public school system, actually applied to college and got in. But you weren't prepared well enough uh, to, to, you had to work extra, yeah, I guess. I did. Um, are there a lot of other people like that oh, yes. that are in your shoes? Or it you is. A similar story. It is.
0: Definitely yeah. coming from um, the Chicago Public Schools system, there is a lot. Um, a lot of my friends, we talk about it all the time like, oh, it's by the grace of God we were able to make it, even though we don't have to, the way we start is not the way we have to end. Mm hmm. And that is, that's that's empowering. You know what I mean? Just because I wasn't given that opportunity, that doesn't mean anything. Because the God that that sent me says that I can do all things through Christ Jesus. It strengthens me. Me, the individual.
1: Yeah. That's a good word. Uh, So you didn't stay stuck in frustration or get angry. You did something about it in your case. Um did you end up going back to talk to any of your public school teachers or anybody that you where you'd gone through the school system to I share them? Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't. I just was like you know it wasn't necessary and actually when i went to when I went to college, I was actually in Kentucky okay. and the most down feeling I felt was when the you know they called me in the office and they was like Akia, um you're not going to be able to you know finish this college degree because you know you're struggling you're getting bad grades I said but I'm trying I'm trying and and thank God I had the the right advisor at the yeah. right time you That's know true. what I mean yeah. and she helped me along the way she got me involved in the Wheel program and it just went from there so basically I found out that I was an auditorial learner versus the way that I was being taught when I was growing up so yeah.
1: So you learned your learning style, which perhaps that'd be good for all of us at a young age yes. to learn because we all have different styles. We do. Some are visual, some are auditory, mm-hmm. uh, some there's a tactile learning. I forget what the category that is. Kinesthetic. Kinesthetic thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, so we all have, you know, we're individuals. You yeah. and I are individuals. The people watching this program are individuals. We do have those unique learning styles. Yeah. Uh, we learn at different paces, mm-hmm. we have different areas of interest. And yes. when you think about education and uh, what's involved, it needs to take all of this into consideration. Yes. So the the question is, is why is there so much resistance to school choice in Kentucky? In fact, Akia, there was a, a recent survey done that showed that a majority of Kentuckians are in favor of school choice. Uh, and again, when we're talking school choice, we're talking about parents choosing the school an uh, educational fit that's best for their child. Yes. Uh, you know, private religious, private secular, mm-hmm. homeschool, or public school. Mm-hmm. And as Americans, we talk about the need for choice. We yes. choose our own job. We, we choose the kind of car we drive. Mm-hmm. We choose what part of the country we live in. But when it comes to choice, there's not a whole lot of choices in Kentucky, are there?
0: No, there isn't. But God gives choices too. Um, so we need to lean towards more of the spirit of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and stop. Putting things in a box.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What works for one person doesn't work for the next.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. And so so this this survey shows that it's close to seventy yes. percent actually higher, I think, than seventy percent of Republicans mm-hmm. are in favor of school choice, fifty three percent of Democrats, I think sixty seven percent of independents. Mm-hmm. I believe the number is closer to eighty percent of Republicans yes. are in favor. So across the political spectrum, you see uh, people embracing choice yes. in Kentucky. So what has stopped, uh, what is the roadblock or the obstacle that has stopped school choice legislation over the last several years? It's been proposed in various forms over the last probably close to 10 years. So what is, what's your observation of what's stopping school choice from happening in Kentucky?
0: Hmm. I just know that they have had decades to fix the problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. This isn't just one thing, but they haven't responded to the challenge. Mm -hmm. This is a challenge. Mm -hmm. This is when you need to sit everybody at the table Mm -hmm. and you need to come up with an idea, a Mm -hmm. suggestion to make it better. Mm -hmm. So that's why we need House Bill 149. Mm -hmm. This needs to be heard in the legislative committee Mm -hmm. and it needs to be passed Mm -hmm. so that all of our children are given the best opportunity to succeed.
1: Yeah. And of course, uh, Kia, House Bill 149, is the Education Opportunity Account, and yes. that is the bill that would allow um, private foundations to receive money. Mm-hmm. Or there would be a tax deductibility from a wealthy donor. It yes. uh, could be a foundation or it could be a business or mm-hmm. a wealthy donor. would contribute, I think, up to $25 million into this fund, yes. which when you're talking about educating a student for a whole year, that, that's not a whole lot of money. No, it's you not. You know, it'll, it'll affect... A, uh, it's, it's a you know, couple thousand students, I believe, some, somewhere in that neighborhood. But uh, the educational opportunity account is geared toward middle and low-income students, and uh, it would give them a choice. Those parents would have a choice to send their child to a private religious or private secular school or homeschool. Mm-hmm. And uh, this bill is meeting a lot of resistance in the state house. Uh, And the the group that is really resisting it more than any other group is the KEA, the Kentucky Education Association. Yes. And they uh, spent uh, close to $80,000, I believe, in the month of January just to defeat school choice legislation. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're seeing the resistance there. We're seeing real efforts from people like you and groups like yours Mm -hmm. uh, and some other groups as well. Uh, but we're seeing real resistance against this kind of legislation, and that's uh, that's been a challenge. And what I want us to do, we're going to take a break. We need to break in just a just a moment here. But I'd like us to kind of go into uh, how to convince or how to make the case that choice can be done without sacrificing public education, that choice is best for all Kentuckians. That it's something where it's not—you're um, not against public education, you're not against teachers, but you're simply helping a segment of the population that has been disadvantaged. A segment of the population that, in, in your case, you yeah. came out of school and you didn't know that uh, you were undereducated. Exactly. And I think there's—I think there's a, a, the, the challenge of winning hearts and minds yeah. when it comes to uh, comes to educating. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to pick your brain a little bit more, Akia, okay. on uh, your story and to, and to hear how hearts and minds can be won over. Okay. So stick with us, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to Commonwealth Policy Center's Legislative Forum. I'm Richard Nelson, here with Akia McNary-Sullivan. And, Akia, I think in the first segment we didn't introduce what group you're affiliated with.
0: Um, I'm, I volunteer for a Commonwealth Educational Opportunity. Mm-hmm. I am their grassroots coordinator. Okay.
1: So tell us what the Commonwealth Educational Opportunity does.
0: We do a lot. We make the bills. We um for myself I go to the tea parties, um, try to let everybody aware of, you know, the bills coming up, what they need to do, what numbers they need to call. Um, I think it was about a month ago my local legislative did not want to um sign for the school choice bill. Mm-hmm. And I went out, I went door to door in my community, and I got 100 petitions signed for him to sponsor House Bill
1: 149. Is that right? Yes. So you're on the ground, you're you're in Northern Kentucky. I am. But you're a grassroots person yes. on the ground attending different civic group meetings. Yes. Uh, you mentioned tea parties. Uh, you've spoken in front of legislative committees before. Mm-hmm. But then you're actually getting petitions, signatures yes. from people as well. Yes. Tell me more about that. What's it like? Most people, I think, are afraid to go door to door with something. (laughs) Was that a good experience?
0: That was a good experience because I was able to hear the testimonies and I was able to put more fire in me to fight. Um, There are kids that wants to go to a different public school. There was one little young one gentleman. He I think they were from Africa Mm -hmm. and he goes to our local public school, but they don't offer the program for his. French Mm -hmm. but Dixie High School does Mm -hmm. but his mom they're from Africa so she doesn't drive so he can't go to that school so he's behind at our in our local school but if he went to Dixie he would be able to excel but the transportation for his mom makes it difficult and that's why House Bill 149 is important because that will provide that child with transportation to get to a different public school.
1: We're going to talk about that in just a moment. W- before I get to that, because we are going to unpack that in more detail of what 149 does. I think when you look at the facts of uh, public school or school choice, when you look at how other states are doing, when they've introduced choice and given parents the opportunity to do what's best for their child, to find that educational fit that's best for the success of their child, other states are doing well. Yeah. Uh, Missouri, Tennessee. West Virginia is in the process of adopting one of the most aggressive school choice policies in the country. Yes. Uh, you're seeing good things happen. You're seeing educational scores rise. Mm-hmm. You're seeing graduations improve. Yes. You're seeing a lot of positive things happen. But there is this fear that if you're for school choice, it must mean that you're against the public schools.
0: That is not the fact. That isn't. Like, It's a choice. It's public school. It's homeschool. It's private school. All three options are laid out there. You know, so it's not, it's not that. But when we look at Florida, Florida started school choice. They started off kind of like Rocky in the beginning and everything, but now they rank third in the nation for education. So
1: educational test scores or graduation or maybe all of that. All
0: all across because competition breeds excellence.
1: Mm. Okay. Okay. So this notion that uh, school choice is going to hurt the public schools, is you're saying it's not accurate. It's not accurate. Uh, what about, so you, you have evidence and you have uh, things you can point to that show that it's effective. Uh, before the break, I talked about the need to change hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do you change somebody's heart or mind, especially those, an educator that has invested their life in the public school system? Mm-hmm. And they really believe that public education is the best thing to maintain, to have, and, and not to allow these educational opportunity accounts or charter schools or things like that. But you have um, evidence from other states, you have studies that have been done that show that school choice is good for, for yes. kids. But how do you break through that if somebody's not willing to look at the evidence? I mean, it tells me that something else is going on there. How do you reach the heart and mind?
0: Testimonies. Okay. You reach You reach by testimony. You have to be able to, willing to lay it out there like, what is your experience? What did yeah. you go through? Yeah. Each child is different. Yeah. Each one. We are not the same. And not that educators are not doing a great job. My educators did a great job. They made me feel loved. They encouraged me even though I was behind. They. They did everything they could. Um, I remember one teacher in particular, her name was Miss Finch, and she installed a lot of values into me, a lot of confidence into me, told me I didn't have to act that way because I didn't know, Mm -hmm. um, and different stuff like that. So it's just public school is great. Mm -hmm. It's great, you know, but other kids need different options.
1: Sure. So you had some good experience with public school and Mm -hmm. some challenges that you met there too. Mm -hmm. That would have um, prepared you better for college. Right. Um, was your, I'm curious, Aki, uh, if I could ask the, press into that a little bit more, but w- were your parents aware that you were behind in your public school attainment? Well, when, my
0: mom, she didn't make it past eighth grade. Mm. So um, my grandmother helped me a lot, my cousin Regina helped me a lot, and my aunt Janice. They helped me a lot to try to get through different things, but um, by my mom not having the appropriate education mm-hmm. she wasn't even aware that we were behind she just knew that we were in our books we were doing but she was a single mom okay. so she worked four jobs yeah. mm-hmm. um so we kind of lived with my grandma at the time too and so you know we just did it that way
1: okay okay and i, I suppose when parents are busy working mm-hmm. trying to provide for the family they're not going to have the time to spend yeah paying attention to what's going on in school mm-hmm. Their education uh, House Bill 149 is the Education Opportunity Account. This is a bill that's before the House, the Kentucky State House's uh, Appropriation and Revenue Committee, and it is being considered there. And this again is the bill that would allow uh, uh, people to donate to a foundation that would in turn uh, provide scholarships to kids who or parents who wanted to send their kids to something other than the public schools. Mm-hmm. Actually, it could be used for public schools as well—public, yes. private, uh, homeschooling. Homeschool. Mm-hmm. So across the board, it's a it's a, a small start. There's 25 million dollars that could be sent to these foundations, mm-hmm. and this is again private money. We're not talking about state money. No. But this is just e- private individuals that would send it to a foundation. Now there would be tax deductibility benefit. That might be the only thing that's a benefit. But uh, and then those foundations would distribute the money to low to middle income uh, wage earned families. Um, so what what else does this do? do you, are, could you tell us more about what House Bill one forty nine does? Yes.
0: So it it. You can have enrichment classrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, It will help with transportation. Like you said, it will help with um, private school. It will help with homeschool. But that makes the parent feel better equipped at raising their child. I don't know if my mom felt like she wasn't equipped or not, Mm -hmm. but it equips us a little bit better Mm -hmm. to have those choices. Mm -hmm. Because just like in my case, I struggle financially to send my Nehemiah to private school. Mm -hmm. And then this year, my daughter starts kindergarten.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I want her to have a Christian-based background. Okay. So I'm struggling between do I sacrifice and send her to public school, which our public school in my neighborhood is not distinguishing distinguished in math and reading. So I have to take that into an option. Okay. Um, they rank low in test scores. Yeah. So I'm like, do I throw my daughter out there to the will of death or mm. do I sacrifice and, and my husband, he's already working two jobs.
1: So. And as a parent, you want what's best for your child. I do, and I think that's natural for all parents. It is. And uh, would it be fair to say that you feel very limited with your choices that you have right, right now, now? I
0: do. Yeah. Right now, I do.
1: So House Bill one forty nine, the Education Opportunity Account, would be one avenue for you to provide an education. Uh, it opened up the uh, the the range of possibilities yes. for education for your for your children. It would. Let's talk about what parents can do. We've got just a few minutes until we need to wrap this up. What can parents do to make a difference on the school choice issue? I would guess there are a lot of parents watching right now yes. that feel the same way you do. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've had similar experiences mm-hmm. and they're wondering, well, what can I do to make a difference on this issue? I'm for it. I just don't know what I can do. Tell us some of the things that parents could do.
0: So, what parents can do is call 1 800 372 and leave a message for all legislators and ask them to demand that House Bill 563 includes House Bill 149 provisions, including non-public school options.
1: So essentially to call that legislative message line and then to tell them to be in favor, to leave a message for all legislators yes. and to say, please vote in favor of these two school choice bills, mm-hmm. House Bill 563 and House Bill 149 or they could simply say please convey to my all the legislators uh that please vote for school choice please make school choice happen in yes. Kentucky i think that's a simple message that's i think a they'll, message. they'll they'll know what the bills are yeah so, the, by the way, I've called that line before, the mm-hmm. legislative message line. It's yes. very easy to do. It is. It's a very friendly person that answers. It is. It <laughs> takes about two minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And that phone call makes a difference, doesn't it? Does. It does.
0: It does. It changes the hearts and the minds of the legislators mm-hmm. and because we want choices as as parents. We want yeah. choices.
1: What else can parents do, though? So they make your phone involved. call.
0: Get on your site-based council if you're in public school. That's what I did. I was involved. I was at the meetings at the site-based site site-based council meetings, I was a part of the decision-making. When my sons were in kindergarten, I went in the classroom and I read books at the kindergarten classroom just to alleviate some of the stress from the teacher so that she could have, you know, a couple more minutes to breathe or Mm -hmm. to grade papers or whatever it may be. So that's how you can get involved.
1: How about if you notice that something is not right at the school, in the classroom, or maybe there's bullying going on, or something is wrong, What can parents do right there if their kids are in, I guess, any school setting, but in this case, the public school setting? Mm -hmm. What can they do?
0: Um, Contact your administration, Um, the principal, have a sit down meeting with them. If that doesn't Mm -hmm. go well, you go to your board of education and you have a meeting with your board of education. And then you we can kind of like lay the things on the table and then you can come up with a plan for your school on how they're going to deal with bullying, Mm -hmm. you know, and.
1: That's a good Akia. Good do you th- do you think that um, more schools would respond differently? That they become more attentive to the needs of the parents. If more parents actually went in and talked to teachers and talked to administrators, mm-hmm. sat down, yeah, in 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 a goodwill effort. Like, yes. hey, w- this is what I see happening. Mm-hmm. I'm sharing this with you. What yes. can you do? Do you think that would make a big change?
0: That has made a big change. Um, just for myself, they like <clears throat> my kids when they were in public school, and you know. We know that that's Isaiah and Raymond's mom because I'm there all the time. I'm volunteering. I'm doing the cooking, you know, what they have the bake-off sales. Mm-hmm. Get involved. Mm-hmm. Get Get involved. Get to know mm-hmm. the kids. I mean, yeah, get to know the kids, get to know the teachers, yeah. get to know the secretary, get to know the principal, you know. In those little environments, it gives you an opportunity to say, hey, how you doing, you yeah. know. You know, I've seen a couple kids struggling with this and that, and, Mm -hmm. you know, can we get together for lunch or something and talk about it, or do you have office time to talk about it? Yeah. So that's a good way to get in there. Good
1: good way to build relationship, good Mm -hmm. way to show your support. Uh, Parents should be a support structure to whatever school their kids are attending. Mm -hmm. It also shows that it's not adversarial, that you do want what's best. Now, sometimes there is conflict. If something wrong is happening in school, parents need to share, hey, this is I'm seeing this happening, and... Uh, we need to fix it. Uh, uh is there anything else that parents can do? And we're about to close. We've got just a just a few seconds here.
0: That's that's about it. Just be be intentional. Yeah. Don't be a parent that's not intentional.
1: Yeah. Akia, how can people get in touch with your group? Do you have a website or anything? Yes,
0: we um you can like our page on Commonwealth Educational Opportunity on Facebook, PAC PAC. Um, I also work with Ed Choice. They have a Facebook page. Um kentucky parent network they have a facebook page um just get on the facebook page and like and join all
1: right very good Ikea mcnary sullivan thank you so much for joining us
0: thank you for having me god bless god bless